attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Another week, another podcast. And this time, <laughs> we're really going to focus on my favorite park on the planet. But we'll get there in a second. Okay. It's one of my favorites. I guess I shouldn't call it my favorite because we all know Animal Kingdom is my favorite. But this one is like a second, a good second place. Really? Uh, this is my favorite. This is by far my favorite part. We're talking but, about Epcot, um, just <laughs> in case nobody caught on yet. But yeah, I love Epcot. I love Epcot. And I think I said this last time after the trip in January, we spent more time at Epcot than we did any other park. And it surprised us. Yeah. Our upcoming trip, I think we have a full day at Epcot, but I have a sinking suspicion we'll probably, we have one day with one park hopper and we were gifted a park hopper ticket from a cast Mm -hmm. member that we know out here in LA. And so we have one day of park hoppers and I have a sinking suspicion, even though we're planning to go to Hollywood Studios, we'll probably transfer that just to Epcot. Epcot. I'm sure we'll hop over there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, because we love it's it. So it's good. also my daughter's favorite. Ray loves Epcot more than any of the other parks because it's so unique than to what we have here in California. Yep. So we are going to do a little dive into Epcot today. But before we do that, did you see the Disney shareholder call announcement, all that stuff? I surely did. Or I saw a recap about it. And did you see the big, big announcement everybody's talking about? Which one? Because I feel like people have been talking about a few. What can you say except you're welcome? Oh, yeah. They're going to make a live action. We knew it was going to happen. Yep. They're going to make a live Live action action Moana. Moana, Starring Um, my son. No. How do we feel about this? You know, I don't feel. Look, it's going to be The Rock. And I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on the name of the woman who is the voice of Moana. them as those characters will be really fun. She is the epitome of Moana, and so is the Rock of Maui. So I like that. Do I need this? Absolutely not. I don't need this in my life. <laughs> I, will I watch it? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll watch it. But I just feel like it's kind of a waste of space. Like we don't need it. And the Rock has just gone full in like on Disney stuff and everything else, which he he still kind of annoys me because he's like the same character in everything he does. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how this goes. But I do love the music from Moana. Like I, I, I think the music's great minus the rock singing. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm kind of excited. I'm just like worried that it's going to be like every other live action remake that Disney has done that just kind of flops a little bit it's not it doesn't it doesn't resonate like the classics do if you want to call moana a classic but moana is only like what six seven eight years old when did moana come out like so this is a quick turn on a live action remake or something that isn't even that old yeah i hear you i totally hear you I, i yeah i think it came out in 2016 i think ray was just born when the movie came out so it's a very young movie i thought you were going to talk about with the shareholders that they, Bob Iger, mentioned that they want to invest an additional $17 billion in Florida. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a thing, too. 
That's the big one. Uh, yeah, Moana's getting the live action movie, but I let's talk a minute about the seven. Hey, it's going to be The Rock and basically a speedo on TV for well, you know hours. So there's nothing wrong with that though, too. That seventeen billion dollars is not going to Moana. Where is that seventeen billion dollars going to? It says it's going to well. There's Florida. a rumor. Yeah, there's a rumor of another park coming. Yep, I've heard Disney the rumor. World. I've heard the rumor is that it's going to be a villains park too. Which I think is very interesting. I don't think that that money. I still feel like that's low on the dollar range, even though we're talking billion dollars. I still feel like that's low for Disney to make an entirely new park. <laughs> Y'all just missed it. Dana did her best. Doctor Evil. Right My Doctor Evil. Billion um, dollars. He said million. Well, look. Here's where I'm at. I think it's going to continue the theme of big pie in the sky announcements, like. <clears throat> The complete transformation of Epcot, which they also announced is basically done, but (laughs) and will be once they open. Here we go again with Moana, with the Moana journey with water or whatever it's called. So, which I am excited to see. Like, I think it's going to be beautiful when it gets done, but they're basically saying, yep, that's it. Transformation of Epcot is done. Yeah, and also but, that's a different that's a whole different situation because they gave a big announcement and then Bob Chapek lost his job and he was the one who was kind of behind it and they scrapped yeah, but it. But the all. announcement came before Bob Chapek. Bob Iger was in charge when they announced the whole transformation of they announced that transformation of Epcot before the pandemic. Yes. Like this was this was years before. But I don't know. It'll be it'll be an interesting thing, but I just have to say Dame Judy Dench is safe. For now. There's not a mention of the overhaul of Spaceship Earth. So that Judy Dench and Spaceship Earth remains safe from the clutches of the Imagineers who want to change it. For now. <laughs> For now. Well, they also said they want to bring in 13,000 jobs. And I don't know. My thought was $17 billion, Maybe that's enough for a park. I don't think it is. I do think 13,000 new jobs is enough for a park. So I'm a little torn as to what they're going to do with that $17 billion. Part of me thought maybe this is the expansion for Dino Land and beyond the Actually, Big Thunder at, at Magic Kingdom. They've talked about wanting to expand beyond that. So so hold that thought on the $17 billion for a full theme park. Okay. Because I just quickly Googled because the most recent theme park Disney has built is Shanghai Disneyland. Mm-hmm. That was $5.5 billion to build that park. Oh, so maybe it is a new park. Maybe 17 billion isn't. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. I mean, I'll happily take it. So we'll see. Because I was curious. I was like, it suddenly poked my head. I was like, wait, how much did it cost to build Shanghai Disneyland? So yeah, 5.5 billion for Shanghai. I mean, billions are billions. Billion dollars. A lot of of monies. That's a lot of monies. We're both um, Dr. Evil. I get really excited in that Vegas slot machine when I win. All of a sudden, I have like a billion coins in my account. I know. Instead of like. It's so fun. A million. (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, look, I am happy with if they're done with Epcot after Moana gets open and they're like, we're cool, we'll chill. Because did you see the renderings that leaked of what the Mary Poppins ride was going to be? I remember back in the day, but... No, but recently, the actual renderings leaked. It was going to be a teacup ride. Yeah, no, I know. I knew that. That's what it was originally. Yeah, it was going to be lame. You knew this. I was was mad about it. I wanted like a a universal-style journey into the 
forbidden Harry Potter forest thing. Dude. You're like flying around with Mary. You and I already talked about this on the podcast. We already came up with a far superior oh. ride. It started with the umbrellas and you get whisked away oh, off of Cherry oh, no, Cherry no, Tree no, Lane. And an umbrella. You can, you can at so one point ride on the um, carousel horses as you're racing. Like there's so it's many great amazing. things that you can do with Mary Poppins and they should do something with Mary Poppins. And they were just going to do some teacups. But that said, I love Epcot. I love going there because of all the like play areas for kids, the playgrounds. They literally have playgrounds there. I know. For them to go play on. So we thought in spirit of Epcot, I, I guess we could say this is in spirit of Epcot's transformation almost being done. I guess so. Sure. Is that what this is in? That's a spirit loose tie in, sure. but okay. Um, <laughs> there we go. That little segue. A little segue right there. See that? Uh-huh. We thought we would do a little similar to what Ryan and Dana did the other week. Well, I hold on. I think we're talking about like making this a series. After Ryan and I did this, I think we should make this a series where we're going to share with you the most underrated things at each of the Disney World parks. So we've got four of them out there. Ryan and I did Disneyland and DCA kind of combine them because who doesn't combine those two parks out here. But today we're going to go through mine and Adam's most underrated experiences, things to do, places to eat, worlds to explore at Epcot Park. Yes. Uh, we have not looked at each other's list. I'm pulling lists. up my notes. Yeah, we have not nope. looked at each other's list, so we're going to be going in cold. I'm curious to see, like Ryan, I, if you and I have the same. A any question on the ground same. rules. Okay. Are we starting with, like, is our last one going to be our, what we think is the most underrated thing? Oh, I, it? Like I had not one? listed that out that way, but you can do it that way. I don't know if I have one that's just okay. the okay. single most, but I do have okay. some stuff on here. Okay. All right, let's go for it. Right. Adam, do you want to start us off? Yeah. I think one of my top six most underrated spots at Epcot is the Imagination Lab at Figment after the ride. Oh, the play area yeah. that is set up after Figment. I say this because Noah, I take Noah on Figment every time we're there. It's our thing. Kurt doesn't like Figment. He goes and does like Soren or something. And Noah and I go do Figment because I love Figment. Noah giggles his way through the whole thing. He has a stuffed figment he sleeps with every night. And so then we went to this last trip because it was way more post-COVID from the previous trip. All the stuff at the Imagination Labs open. And there's cool stuff for them to play in. There's like play areas and stuff like that. So for me, that's such a cool extra bonus at the end of the ride for kids to play along with. It's always been there. And I know that ride has like a sordid history because it used to be so cool. And then they transformed it. And it's kind of like wah, wah. But it's still cool. It, it, it is not wah, wah. You take that back. It's, anyway, I'll get do you that. remember the original with Dreamfinder? Come on. That was so good. No, I didn't. You never went on the original? No. Nope. Oh, okay. That's why we we're talking in the way that we're talking right now. Because you never got to experience the original. I'll go find it on YouTube and send it to you. But it won't be the same because it was so great and you had dream finder who was the dude that kind of like took you through this and figment had a way bigger role than he does in the current iteration it's got a huge role in the current one he had a bigger role in the original all right just trust me on it and the ending scene was so great but yeah i agree with you it, it but, is awesome ray loves that area you can go like do musical notes and like basically do a yeah. dance dance revolution situation there a lot yeah. of cute 
spots. Um, Ray's excited yeah. too. She has an original figment that was mine as a child, and she sleeps with it also. And yeah, it's uh, original, meaning Aww, like it came from matching figment stuffies. I know hers is from 1994 when I went there for the first Noah's time. Noah's is from 2022. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What do you got thrown at me? Okay, so. I'm taking us all. No, I'll keep us into the future world area. I think the next thing I have on my list that is underrated and it's very close to Figment is the aquarium at the seas with Nemo and friends. Mm. We talked about this recently on another podcast episode, just like touched on it. This area, I don't think people even know there is a 5.7 million gallon aquarium at Epcot. I don't think people know that. I love it. I know. It's so great. It's so cool. And the, the sea life that's in there is so amazing. It is. And you could spend hours just staring into the aquariums at those fish and sharks and dolphins and everything else that are in there. You really can. So I looked it up. They have like a bajillion fish there, but they've got dolphins, sharks, stingrays, turtles, and then a bunch of fish. Um, they also have a play area, which is super cute. It's like Bruce the shark play area. Yep. They have like mini aquariums where you can see smaller fish like clownfish and stuff. And this is also where Turtle Talk with Crush is. So I think that can eat up some time if you're looking for really staying in air conditioning. I think that's key also in Florida. If you've got little kids and you're there in the summer months, you need to find air conditioning. And this place will cover you for at minimum an hour. But you can really spend a lot of time there. And yeah. it's got Nemo, you know, the seas with Nemo and friends or whatever mm-hmm. the ride's called. Mm-hmm. And that line, there's never a line for that ride. You could literally ride that multiple times in a row with your kid who loves it. And Noah loves it. The bit where it's like, and you go underwater. Yeah. Noah's obsessed. That's cute. And what's so cool is they incorporate the fish tank, the aquarium tanks, into the ride. Yeah. I know. I think that's so sweet. So, yeah, I think the aquarium is underrated, especially for families with little kids. This is a must do. And it's kind of tucked away in the front of the park that you you wouldn't know it. You don't even have to ride the Finding Nemo ride. But if you do ride Finding Nemo, it spills you out into the aquarium. So that's kind of the easiest way to find it. It's always our way in. We've never actually just go into the aquarium. We always do Nemo to enter. Yeah. And then we spend forever. And Noah, this last trip, I have some amazing photos of him just staring into the glass of the fish. He was obsessed. And I can't wait to see him this trip. That's Uh, cute. Do it too. Okay. Ready for the next one? Yeah. The Joffrey's cart on Mission Space. Of course. How would I not have guessed I mean, you would put this on there? We know I am counting down till I get the sweet, sweet taste of a shaken Jamaican in my mouth again. But the shaken Jamaican cold brew is there. However, this Joffrey's cart by Mission Space has the alcoholic drinks as well. And a shaken Jamaican with a little whiskey in it. Mm. Oh, Dana, that's an afternoon pick me up that is mm-hmm. just made for you and me. It is absolutely delicious. Throw a little almond milk in there, too, and you are you are good to go. But they do a lot of fun drinks there. They're literally right outside the giant Starbucks mm-hmm. that's over by the Connections Cafe. Yeah. And you go to that Starbucks, you're going to be in line for 45 minutes to get your latte. You go to the Joffrey's cart, five minutes, tops. Mm. And you're going to have some great, great coffee. Get a donut. The Joffrey's donuts also Side note, part like 2B 
The Joffrey's donuts are highly underrated because those are the greatest donuts on the planet. They're huge. They're like the size of your face and they're horrible for you, but they are delicious. But no, the Joffrey's cart by Mission Space is totally underrated. Please nobody ever go there. It's also like, not to leave Epcot, but it's also like the Joffrey's cart by the exit of Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios. Also a very underrated coffee cart that there is never a line at. Joffrey's overall is just underrated. You don't need no Starbucks when there is a shaken Jamaican cold brew to be at. That's almost like the shaky Jamaican. I feel like we should do a whole episode just for the love of cold brews at Disney parks. Oh my gosh. Shaky Jamaican. That was a good one. And also unsurprising that you would put that on there. Okay. My <laughs> next one is also unsurprising for me and you. I think you love this one too, but you know that this is one of my favorites and it's so underrated though. I know People like it, you know, you stand for this attraction if you love it. Living with the land over in the future. I love it. I love it. It's the best. I even wrote that in my notes. I'm looking at it. I wrote, it's the best in all caps. And why is it so great? Because one, it's like a 1980s capsule. Like they have not changed this ride hardly at all. And so, including the music, the videos in there are still the videos. Yes, they're still like straight up from 1982. I was definitely not alive when they filmed all of that stuff. I love it. So, you start the ride in those like diorama, animatronic dioramas of the different ecosystems. And then the second half of the ride, you're in the greenhouses, which are also different types of greenhouses. And you get to learn about hydroponics and you get to learn about like all the sustainable agriculture that Disney's doing. It's just so cool. I love it. I love that ride. It is cool. And again, we've talked about in our character dining episode, Mm -hmm. if you go to the Garden Grill at the Mm -hmm. Living with the Land Pavilion, you get to eat the veggies that were grown there on the ride, which is cool. And also sit on the ride. Love it. Love it. I agree with this one. You all know this, but my daughter... You guys are doing it on this trip, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing this one. You all have heard me mention this, but my daughter loves living with the land as well. So clearly I am raising her right. Nobody has to worry because she loves living with the land. And when I told her, we're going to go eat at this restaurant and you'll see Chip and Dale and Mickey. And she was excited. But I told her it was at the Living with the Lamb Pavilion and you get to see the ride while you're eating. And she was like, I'm in. That's what sold her, not the characters. <laughs> so it'll be great. All right. Should we keep on the food? Sure. Theme here? Yeah. Um, my next one is the bar and the restaurant at Regal Eagle. Okay. Sell it to me because I am not I sold. Am, I am on board. Specifically... Hmm. We have, especially since having a kid, you can only get away with so many sit-down restaurants when they're super young, right? Yeah. We're like, you know, it's just, why are we paying all this money to have this meal when he's going to be a nightmare, right? So we have really embraced more of the quick service. First of all, the Regal Eagle Barbecue, first time I didn't like it, the last two times we've been, it is a staple for us, we go. Hmm. Like, the vegetarian options are good, the meat options are great. I love it. The food's good. What is even better is the bar attached to the Regal Eagle. Mm. It is a walk-up bar, full bar, which is kind of hard to find in Epcot, like a full legit bar. Like, Because you go country to country around the World Showcase, and it's like you have to have the cocktails or the beer or the wine from that country, right? Yeah. You get to Regal Eagle, 
it is a legit full bar with great whiskey, great bourbon, great vodka options. Like anything you want, they will make. Full bar, it's great. The prices are reasonable and they are open all the way through the nighttime show. So what was Harmonious? Now I've got Forever's coming back. So that like pro tip, stake out a spot, buy the Regal Eagle, go nice. get a drink right before the show, go watch the uh, watch the show. So we usually end up doing like a late dinner, get barbecue, get drinks, go get a second round of drinks and go get a spot to watch the show. I love it's that. A great. It's a great bar. Okay. And also the bartenders there, every time we've been, have been phenomenal people. Hmm. Lovely humans that are like, come back and see us. Like, they're just fun. Like, they, they've got a good operation there. Okay. I will try it again. I don't know if I'm going to try it on this trip. We'll see. There's just so many food options when you go to Epcot. Uh, we ate there last time, Ryan and Ray and I, and I was kind of unimpressed. But I've also heard other people say that the Regal Eagle is not to snooze on. So. Yep. We'll see. It's a okay. good, quick service option in the World Showcase. Okay. Well, sticking with food, and maybe we're going to be sticking with food for the majority of these answers from here on out, <laughs> but I have another underrated, and this is a sit-down dining underrated. So I know that this is okay. a different category than the quick service. I think that this place is underrated in that it, people like it and they go there fairly often. But at Epcot, there are so many sit-down restaurants. And then they added Space 220, which is great, but way overrated right now. I um, want to go back so bad. I do. I think I'd rather eat that price point at another place like California Grill than Space mm. 220, in my opinion. But the one I'm going to mention that I think is underrated and often an easy booking at Epcot is... The Mexico Pavilion's San Angel Inn. I've talked about this one before. It's not an easy booking. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's easier than no, you think. No, the one inside the pavilion. Inside, inside. Not the one outside. I can never get it anymore. I get it every time. It's not hard to get. Here's why I think that people are snoozing on it. And I say all of this because I've, I've booked this one. You don't need to get it right at the 60-day mark. I've I've booked it for a lot of clients. And a lot of clients are like, I don't want to eat Mexican food. I can eat that at home. It's a fairly common. It's so good. It is so good. The food The is avocado so margarita. Good. Oh, yes. That's great. All the their margaritas. avocado margarita. When I went, I know we took. I know that frozen avocado is something. It's delicious. I think Kim got that. Um, Sierra Jones went with us, and she got the margarita trio, and those were also really good. I got a spicy margarita because it's me, and I like a spicy cocktail. But also, <laughs> what is so great about the San Angel Inn is you get to watch the boats go by. The atmosphere is tenfold incredible. It's like their Blue Bayou. It is their Blue Bayou, and it's better than Blue Bayou. You know, the last time I ate at Blue Bayou was with you, and I thought the food was fine. It was good, but it was a little like, meh. Um, I will pick San Angel Inn over Blue Bayou any day. Hey, our sandwich is good, though. Yeah, well, the Monte Cristo. You can't mess up the Monte Cristo. I agree. The San Angel Inn, Kurt and I used to love going there. We've stopped since having our little nugget. We'll go back at some point. When Noah's more like eating an actual meal at a restaurant, we'll probably go back. Yeah. We love it. We love the ambience of it. We love the just give me the chips and salsa after a long day in the park. Yeah. I love it. I love the Mexico Pavilion. Yeah. I love even just, if we're not going to eat there, 
going to the like tequila bar oh, and getting inside. good margaritas to walk yeah. around with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They make a really good skinny margarita, by the way. Good saying. to know. And a good cucumber one, too. That is not underrated. Every time I have gone the last couple of years, oh, uh, everybody knows. Yeah, the, the jig is up. Everybody knows that that's the best place to get a margarita is inside the Mexico Pavilion. Right in and grab yes, one. not anymore. Now you're going to wait 30 minutes. Yeah. But going back to San Angel Inn, here's my tip to all of you. I've said this before on the podcast when talking about this sleeper. I think it's still a sleeper restaurant. When you get there, ask to be seated up by the boats. I have done this three times in a row. And every time I'm seated up there, one time they said, oh, you might have to wait a minute. And they meant a literal one minute. And then we were seated. So just ask. No ask, no get, right? I I think part of the reason that is better than Blue Bayou a lot of those Epcot restaurants are actually not operated by Disney. And Disney, like we know, Disney Culinary is great. They have some phenomenal restaurants. But especially at Epcot, mm-hmm. a lot of those restaurants are operated by third-party operators. So Space 220 is not operated by Disney. San Angel Inn, not operated by Disney. A lot of the yeah. restaurants around the World Showcase are not Disney restaurants. Those are all third parties that operate those so you sometimes get a different menu, a bigger menu than you would get at some of the other parks. Yeah, just that checks out. Well, well, inside baseball. Okay, mm-hmm. ready for the next one? I am staying in the World Showcase. Okay, I think the Japan Pavilion is completely underrated. I love the Japan Pavilion. It's so sweet. I love it, and that store at the Japan Pavilion is like <laughs> I can't even explain it. They have everything you could think of there. And it is that you were like, I didn't know I needed this in my life, Mm -hmm. but I need this. Oh, I buy something every time in the Japan Pavilion. Every time. It's great. It's great. You know what we buy a lot at the Japan Pavilion? And I'm going to make us do it again this trip. We buy chopsticks there because it's kind of fun. And then we come home Mm. and we've got cute chopsticks and we're big sushi eaters. So we'll order sushi and it's always fun to pull out the chopsticks. I agree with you. All of it's great. I'm going to also plug unpaid intern Ryan real quick. Every time we walk in there, Ryan is not just our unpaid intern. He also has a full-fledged job, which is that he is a voiceover (laughs) director and sound engineer for a lot of cartoon shows, mostly anime. And so whenever we walk in there, we always find some of the shows that he's worked on. We find him on T-shirts and stuff. And the way my husband lights up when he's in there and he sees other people excited about shows that he has made is so great. I just love walking through there and seeing him get excited about Japanese culture and people being excited about anime because that is his job. He he makes them. So the store we're talking about is the, I'm going to completely butcher the name of it, but it is the Mitsukoshi, Mitsukoshi store. And it is literally a department store at Epcot. It is huge. It's It's the biggest store out of all the countries. This store is huge. And they have everything from Japan you could possibly imagine in this store. And it is, it's great. It's great. It's kind of like a, it's like a blend of like Muji. You know what I'm talking If you have a Muji in your town, do you have these in LA? We have. The M-U-J-I? No, but I, we have... It's a huge thing in New York. We have Wujimaya. 
Wijamayas are big. It's the same thing. We're talking about the same thing. Okay. So Muji is like this very Japanese store. It's simple. It makes sense. We buy a lot of stuff from there. It's affordable. And that's kind of like what this is at Epcot. And they've got all these, they have kitschy things and useful things. And it's, it's like such a cool store to just like wander through and you always find something you want to get. This is so off topic, but staying on topic with Japanese culture and Disney as an aside, if any of you have a Daiso by you stop in a Daiso, they're like, we call them the Japanese dollar store. Oh my gosh. There's so much Disney stuff. So much Disney stuff. It's the best. If you're planning like a Disney birthday party, you can find all the decorations there. It's all so cheap. So we love Daiso it. Daiso was a thing of the pandemic for me and Kurt because we have um, one in Emeryville when we were in California. Yeah. Just down the road and it was open. And we would go there because we'd be bored. There's nothing else to do during the pandemic. Yeah. And Kurt and I would go to Daiso and just wander the aisles and get Disney stuff. By yeah. cheap, it's like a Japanese dollar store, basically. Yeah, and we would like we would just go buy cheap Disney stuff because it made us happy. Oh my gosh, I'm like all sad. I miss California. I miss California uh, so much. Anyway, I know we're the best. We're the best. Story. You can keep telling us how great we are uh, because we don't know it. We've never, yeah, us Californians have never heard it before. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna tangent for two seconds here. Go for it. Do you ever feel like the pandemic was horrible and awful, right? Like absolutely horrible and awful. Yeah. Do you ever miss the simple times of the pandemic where we just sat at home and watched Netflix? Here's what I miss the most. And actually, I don't miss it because we still do it a lot. The only thing that I loved about the pandemic was that every single weekend we took Ray to Malibu because it was the only at the time when we didn't know if we could even be around other humans. It was the only safe place where you had a big distance and we still felt like normal people. We could go maskless and just be on a beach and enjoy ourselves as a little family. And we call our daughter Malibu Ray because she's obsessed with Malibu. And I know that sounds very Southern California as I say it out loud, but that's what she is. We live very close to Malibu. She goes there all the time. She's been itching to go. We're taking her this weekend. And that's the thing that I love the most the pandemic gave us was like all these beach days because it was the only place we could go. It's a weird thing to think about, right? Like the pandemic was so awful and so horrible. Yeah. But yet gave us those little those little things. Too. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Tangent aside, back to Epcot. It's my turn, right? It was a simpler time. It was back in the good old days. It wasn't simple. It was actually quite a complicated time. It was very confusing. <laughs> it was a nightmare. I don't want to go back. What uh, <laughs> I do want to go back, here's my segue. I do want to go back to World Showcase. I have another food place. Okay. I'm curious if you've ever been there, Adam. I think this is a total sleeper. I've walked past this place a million times, never knew it existed until my most recent trip last May. And it is the Morocco's Oasis Sweet and Sips Dessert Stand. Have you ever been? No. Okay, you're going this next trip. Okay. When you're walking through Morocco on the left side, because let's be clear, you always start on the Mexico side of World Showcase. Start in Mexico. No, I don't think I've ever gone the other way. Just don't. Nobody should. You're a sociopath if you do. Unless you enter at the International Gateway. That's different. I'll we'll upstream it. it and go from France to Mexico. Yep. But in the proper setting, you start in Mexico and you end in Canada. So Morocco's halfway through the pavilion, either direction you're going. 
when you're walking through, if the Morocco pavilion is like the deep part, the shopping and the restaurant are on the left side, on your right side by the lagoon is this dessert stand. It has some great alcoholic beverages. I've actually never had them, but what they do have are a bunch of really awesome dessert treats and they rotate them constantly. Mm. We're talking like almond baklava and pistachio cookies. And I'm looking at the almond croissant cookies, things I cannot pronounce, but I'm going to attempt and butcher right the second. Kataifa. I don't even know how I'm saying that. Flogras. I, I, that sounds like flogras. That's not it. Not flagra. No, it's F L O G E R E S. Flagrores, flagrares. I don't know, but they're all delicious. Don't worry about the pronunciation. Just walk up and point at the stand and say, I want this and this and this. They also do like a three pack. You can pick three for like a fixed price. Just try them. They are so delicious. They constantly change. I bought these with Sierra and Kim on our last trip, and it was kind of like a, hey, we got to get something at every pavilion. I guess this is right here. They look underwhelming. The stand is underwhelming. We had very low expectations, and all of them blew us away. So if you're looking for a good dessert and you haven't tried them, go to the Oasis Sips and Sweets in Morocco. All right. Should we stay in the sweet top on the candy lane? Yeah. Also, I like how all of our underrated choices have really been cohesive with each other. Yeah. It, this is kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> They're all flowing together. <laughs> Over in the UK pavilion, you can mm-hmm. get British candy. Mm. And to me, that is underrated. So the tea shop in the UK pavilion and those shops around there, and maybe this is just because I'm biased since I married a British man, but... British candy is phenomenally better than American candy. And yes, it is. you can get so many of those British sweets in the UK pavilion at that shop. I am petitioning them still to bring wine gums, which are the greatest British candy ever. Horrible if name. I ever walk They sound in there, disgusting. Wine um, gums. They are the greatest thing on the planet. And if they ever get them at the UK pavilion... You will see me walking out with bags. Like, <laughs> I will be like, there's no dollar amount that is too much. Like, I will be walking out with the bags because you cannot get these in the US anywhere. But they have other, they have like well, what, tons what, of other UK candies on. that they have there. What's a wine gum? Is it like grape flavor? So they're like these, they're like gummies. But a different consistency than like a gummy bear or a gummy candy like we have. It's really hard to explain. Is it more like a Swedish fish? No, it's like it's like that middle point between a Swedish fish and a gummy bear. Mm. But the flavor is where they get it because it has this like fruit flavors that just make you so happy. Mm-hmm. And they're delicious. And I can literally go to Marks and Spencer when we're there, get a bag of the m because the M&S ones are far superior than the Miners ones. But if you get the M&S ones, you can pop this bag of them and suddenly you've had like 3,000 calories and <laughs> you don't care because they are delicious. Like I'm not a big candy person and these, I could pop these all day. 
You know what they sound like to me? And maybe I'm off on the texture, but they sound like, if you've been to Trader Joe's, the Scandinavian swimmers. Have you tried those? Yeah, not quite. No, okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, those are We've really tried. good. So literally whenever my mother-in-law comes here, she brings an extra suitcase that she checks full of British candy. Oh, I love that. You know what? We do the opposite with our family. We have some Spanish family. And anytime we visit our Spaniards or they visit America, we supply them with a ton of American candy, specifically Reese's peanut butter cups. Those are the ones they love the most. Well, there was a time our nephew in the UK Kurt and I brought a bunch of American candy for him. Mm-hmm. However, we got delayed seven hours on the tarmac at JFK due to snow. <laughs> you ate it. They weren't giving us food. We ate it all. It was for survival. So I think our nephew understood. But, you know. Well, I hope you your nephew doesn't listen to the podcast and know this information for the first time. <laughs> um, okay. You know what? Adding to the cohesiveness of our list, the next thing that I have on my list is underrated i think it's highly underrated of all of the pavilions i have the uk pavilion as one of the most underrated am i biased a hundred percent i worked most of my shifts at the uk pavilion when i was there but and it has a super lovely soft spot in my heart but i also think that people don't go into the uk pavilion very much they just kind of walk past it and they really should go in Because they've got all those great shops, the candy shop that you're describing, the tea shop. They've got a toy shop in the back. And spoiler or hot tip, sometimes you can meet Winnie the Pooh and his friends in the very back over there. Hardly anybody ever goes. And Mary Poppins. And Mary Poppins. She, She and Alice are often in the very front of the UK Pavilion. I would know because I did that shift a lot. We found them in the back. Well, you found them in the back then because they had, there was probably a weather issue that day. Mm. If there's a weather. I will never forget. We found Mary Poppins in the back and Kurt started like interacting with her. Yeah. And oh yeah. Oh, well, this is when you have a trained Broadway actor interacting with the Disney World base character. Kurt was really getting her on about cucumber sandwiches and this and that. All these things and she literally was like stuck in a loop mm. <laughs> of like things she knew she could say yep it was kurt definitely put mary old mary poppins to the test that yeah day. you tell kurt that meeting british actual british people as a british character at disney is my nightmare it was awful i hated it every time <laughs> because they would want to talk about things you're like i don't I'm making this accent up. They just trained me to do this. So I don't know. I always like I would have like just cold sweats instantly when somebody would be like, yes, I'm from the UK. And I'd be like, oh, OK. All right. We're going to we're going to do this. So, yeah, it Did was you the do the, like, have you noticed I'm going to go on a character tangent for a second. We've been watching a lot of the vlogs for the Disney Wish as we're, you know, getting ready to go on this cruise. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed these characters sometimes just go dead in the face, like yep. dead in their eyes as they're like, must react, must stay on point, must stay on character. Like, yep. And there's this like they check out slightly. Yeah. And now I'm very excited about the possibility. And maybe this came from I was watching Molly from Mammoth Club. And she was at a the character dining thing she did. She did Cinderella's royal table. Literally, she was talking to all of them. Yeah, and she went on the attack. Like she she was like, "I'm gonna get this out of these characters," and they were all just like, (laughs) 
Uh, here's what I think. Like, yeah, here's what I think as a as a former character who would be asked those same questions. I think it's the camera. I think that those actors are concerned about saying something, making a misstep. And so they're having dual processing happening. They're thinking, I got to say the most appropriate thing that would be of what my character would say. Also, this could live forever on the internet. And I'm kind of lightly freaking out about that. And also like... She's very seasoned at asking questions. I can tell that this is not a novice family who's going to just be filming this family vacation video. This is like a person who's going to post this, which is what she did. And she didn't do anything wrong and neither did any of those women because I watched the same video that you're talking about. But I can guarantee you that's what's going on in their brains of like, I don't want to say something wrong right now. But yes, so I saw I the same. I kind of want to like when we're on the wish and we have character interactions which are all over the ship yeah i kind of want to just ask some questions and like engage and like see what happens oh as a former performer i'm going to tell you that the best thing you can do is engage with people face characters fur characters talk to them interact with them they do love it i think it's when you stick a camera in their face when you stick your phone in their face that's when they start to get a little nervous. That's when I would get nervous. And I was there before cell phones really were like a big thing. I mean, cell phones existed, I think but. Our greatest accomplishment was when my friend um, Jen, she and I were at Disneyland years and years and years and years ago when I lived in LA. And we went there and we got Belle to break character. And it was like. That's awful. Our, our work here is done. No, it's not. That's <laughs> terrible. No, it really um, is. You shouldn't. Okay. You shouldn't mess with the characters. They're trying really hard and they're getting paid minimum wage. So be nice to them. Also, by the way, hot tip on the UK pavilion. One of the best places to have watched Harmonious was just outside the Crown and Anchor, the pub there. Oh, the Royal um, Crown and Pub. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is, the pub. There's not a lot of people who go over there yeah. to watch. And there are some big grassy areas right by the water to be able to watch a show. Yeah. You know, that don't fill up so fast. I like that area. Um, okay, my last one. All right. You ready? Yep. I kind of teased it earlier. I still have one more too, and I'm curious if it's going to be the same thing. I'm so curious. It's not. <laughs> oh, okay. It's 100% not. Is it about cold brews again? No. No. Okay. The most mm -hmm. underrated thing for me is Journey into the Imagination with Figment. Nothing else beats it. It is the greatest thing. And I wasn't, I really thought about talking about Spaceship Earth, but I don't think Spaceship Earth is underrated. Like, I think everybody does it. Yeah. To me, Figment is totally underrated. People save Figment, get in that line, go have that experience, get skunk farts in your face, enjoy it, love it. It is life-changing. It is genius. It makes me happy every time I do it. I get surprised every time. I mm -hmm. love it. I love Figment. I, it, it's my thing. I love you for to it. To the point where I am really having to restrain myself from buying a Figment Magic Band Plus. Don't buy that. Don't do that. That is a waste of money. You already have a Magic Band Plus, and you already know it's a waste of money. Don't do this. I want another. You know I match them to the outfit, but <sighs> I want Yes, I more. do. Don't do it. Here's what I'll say about Figment. It is a great ride. I do love it. I think it's really sweet, and I love that we want to, like, just celebrate Figment. But you haven't gone on the original. 
You just needed to have gone on the original man. Imagination. Yeah. A Sherman Brothers song. Okay. That's really sweet. I'm going to end with, I think this is a good segue into my very last one, which is, I think this is super underrated comparatively to all the other ways that you can get yourself to Epcot. I think that the ride from Magic Kingdom to Epcot on the monorail is underrated. Yep. I love that ride. It's the best. It's the best of the monorail options that you can do. And I do love the monorail hopping from resorts over by the Magic Kingdom. That's really fun, too. But the ride is short. The ride is very long when you're going from Magic Kingdom to Epcot. And why is it so special? That when you get into Epcot, before you disembark from the monorail, you get to go around the Future World Showcase area. It's so great. And it's so cool. Even if they're doing a ton of construction, which has been the last several years, it's still really fun. and gets you excited and in the mood to be at Epcot. And I want to say that most times that I ride that monorail from Magic Kingdom to Epcot, it's pretty empty. I don't think a lot of people do that trek. Yeah, I don't and, either. And it's so fast and so efficient. And it's really good. And I think you've done this where, like, you, you've talked about how you've left Ryan at Epcot to go drink. So you could take Ray to go ride a ride at Magic Kingdom. We did. And then yeah. come back to Epcot. We did that. We had a whole Epcot day, but we had park hoppers and Ray was hell bent on riding. It's a small world again for the umpteenth time. And I was like, you know what? We'll just do it. It still is like, you know, it, a trek to get there. But her and I did it and we came back and Ryan was a little bit happier because he'd had a beer at your favorite, the Regal Eagle um, American Pavilion section. Uh, so the way to go. Yeah, that's my list. All right, Epcot. I know. I love Epcot. I'm curious, folks, if you're listening tell us if we've missed an underrated element of epcot to you or if we perfectly rated them i think there's a lot of stuff that's overrated at epcot but everything we talked about no all of them are underrated in my opinion no agreed agreed you yeah. got this all right everybody well look if you want to go experience epcot and experience the joy of epcot just go and frankly yeah bt dubs if you love epcot and you're gonna like Park hop to other parks in the morning and then park hop back to Epcot. Go stay at the boardwalk at the beach or the Aqua. Like, do it. Because you can just walk home at the end of the night. And it takes two minutes. Those are my favorite resorts. I'll say at. this. I think that the boardwalk then, is. Call Dana. Yeah, call me. I'll book it for you. But I think that of the two, the boardwalk is underrated. I don't think enough people say at the boardwalk. They all mm. want to go to Beach Club because of the fancy um, pool area. You know, I'm still. Yeah. And you all might be hearing this after we've been on our trip, but I'm still looking at switching our hotel from where we're staying. We're staying oh. at Pop Century after our cruise. Yeah. To one of the either the boardwalk, yacht, or beach, if I can swing it. If you can swing it, and I'm here for it, we would love it for you. We're staying at Saratoga because, you know, that's our. I know that people are like, wah, wah, Saratoga, but we love Saratoga in we this Johnston household. Ryan we works the there. Yacht club. We're yacht club people. I get it. I get it. The deluxes are all fantastic. You can't go wrong with a single one of them. But, but those, Boardwalk the is beach, underrated. Yacht and Boardwalk. If you're a Hollywood Studios or Epcot fan, Beach, Boardwalk, or Yacht Club are the places to go. Yeah, it's true. Or the Swan and Dolphin. That's an option too. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. Please remember us when you are booking your next trip. Give me a call. Once again, it is free to work with me. I just monitor your trip for you and give you all of these tips and tricks that you're probably already hearing some of them on our podcast, but more the ones that you're not. And also, please go write a review for us. Rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Five stars. Five all the five stars. stars. Five stars. Please do that for us. And we will see you next week. See you real soon. Mm-hmm.